Welcome to Walking the Wizard's Path, an exploration of the Western occult tradition via meditation. I'm your host, Brad Sun. Episode 14. During a psychometry workshop, fire erupted from my head. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to announce that we are on Patreon. So if you want to support us, please find us there and sign up. For the initial launch, I'll be putting up three bonus episodes, with additional bonus episodes every month. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Wizard's Path. And as always, thank you for your support. I was attending a magic and occult conference and decided to check out a psychometry workshop. Psychometry, for those who don't know it, is the ability to gather information from inanimate objects. Receiving information from inanimate objects is not a skill I have. I volunteered for it and gave it a go nonetheless. Someone put a smooth stone in my hand and I closed my eyes. I was instructed to connect to the object and perceive any information that came my way. I held it for a few moments, and for a few moments more, and nothing. I removed it from my hand and put it back. I held it for a few more moments, and a few more moments after that, and even more nothing. Curiously, I could feel heat welling up from my brow. I was getting physically warmer. I got the sensation of fire erupting from my brow, shooting outward, as if someone was trigger-happy with a flamethrower. I got a sense that stone had been activated, but I was not entirely sure how I turned it on, or if I could shut it off. The workshop host asked me, What information are you receiving? I have learned in these instances it is best to be honest about one's perceptions. And I told her that fire was erupting out of my skull. She did not really have much to say about that and went on to the next volunteer. I sat down feeling disappointed. After the workshop, a young woman approached me. She had a mischievous smile on her face. She was a junior priestess of a traditional African religion. She informed me that the stone was used to open a way for spirits during the start of a ritual. I informed her that I have the ability to do that function, that she needed to turn the thing off and send the spirits home. If you're going to call spirits, only do so if you're planning to do actual work. That's what rituals are for, to do work. Be respectful of their time, or they may not show up next time you call. There's a very important distinction I need to bring up here that some magical folks don't seem to understand. Folks tend to know what a medium is. It is someone who's in touch with the spirits who can give meaningful information, the operational word being meaningful. But the same folks scratch their heads when I tell them, no, I don't give information. I'm not talking about being elected, authorized by this organization or that, dressing up in some robes, saying some cool-sounding words. No, I mean showing up in a situation where something needs to happen magically, and by showing up, you set that into motion. That role has been so formalized and fetishized that it only exists now, usually as empty theater. It will likely upset folks who enjoy the trappings of legitimacy that institutions and traditions bring. But your job is to bring that power through, not to cosplay. And if you think it falls down gender lines, you'd be mistaken. Men can be mediums, that should be fairly obvious at this point, and women can also be conduits of power. There is a line where divination stops becoming the passive transmission of useful information and becomes active magic. Before you even begin to think, ooh, that would be so cool, you have to understand. Once you cross that line, you are no longer a diviner. You are no longer a neutral agent. After that, you are loading the dice every time you throw them, whether you know it or not. You are driving that outcome, 
and if it goes south, it's on you. Have there been times you crossed a line in your life and not known it? That is the focus of today's meditation. I want you to find some place quiet where you will be left alone for 20 minutes. Do not meditate at your work desk where you watch TV, play video games, or do any other task. Pick a spot that is only used for this practice. And do not meditate while driving. Close your eyes. Make sure your spine is straight. Place your hands on your thighs with your palms up. Take a breath in, then exhale. Bring your awareness to your physical body. Notice any discomfort, tightness, or aches. If there are any, acknowledge them. Place your mind in that spot. Take a breath, then exhale. Allow the body to be still. If any thoughts arise, observe them and allow them to pass. If any memories arise, observe them and also allow them to pass. You are in a familiar junior mad scientist lab. You see something that looks like a 3D printer with a sort of headset. There's a sign that says, whoever used it last broke it. You are greeted by a technician in a white lab coat. He is carrying some sort of Geiger counter. This device measures magical power. He waves the device around you. It makes a wobbly sci-fi sort of sound. You are seated in a room that looks like a giant metal cage. There is a large LED-style display with a constant stream of numbers and dots, much like a ticket tape machine. The technician puts on a pair of safety goggles and heavy gloves. He adjusts the setting on the Geiger counter-like device. I'm setting this device to detect the time you approached magical power. The display will pick up any residual memory traces. He slowly moves the device around your body. The device starts making wobbly sci-fi sounds. The LED display starts blinking wildly. A series of words start running across the LED screen. Look at the words displayed on the screen. Where are they from? The technician shuts off the device and the machine starts displaying a string of numbers, though it seems to repeat a single number over and over again. Come this way, says the technician, and you are led down a long hall. You enter an odd sort of room. Half of it is a medieval throne room. The other half resembles a comfortable modern office, with a handsome rug, a couch to lie down on, a chair next to the couch, and houseplants. You notice above the couch are a series of ancient swords covering the walls. A very imposing fellow enters, bearded, wearing a crown, and blood-red garments embroidered with gold trim. 
He seats himself on a throne, which you notice has a ram on it. The Red King looks at you coolly and says nothing. The technician bows to the Red King and instructs you to lay on the couch. There is a doctor in a tweed jacket next to the couch. The technician whispers into the doctor's ear and leaves. You notice when you lie down that the ceiling has some sort of screen that has something like TV static flickering on it. The doctor says to you, I want you to look at the ceiling, reach out with your mind, connect your physical vision with your inner vision. We are going to visit a time when you activated your power. You do this. The screen starts tuning. There is a smell of ozone in the air. The air feels charged. All the swords in the wall start shaking violently. Power is being accessed. A memory arises. The ceiling screen starts shifting frequencies, and images arise. The entire room shakes. What do you see? Take a breath in, then exhale. Open your eyes. Write down all that you've experienced. Date it with episode number and title. Write it down, even if you don't understand it. As you spend the rest of the week, I want you to consider what was presented to you. Is the magical path you have chosen congruent to your actual experience? I hope you receive benefit from this work. If it speaks to you, I hope you will stick around. Follow us on Twitter, sign up to Patreon, like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a thoughtful review. These actions help others to find a podcast. And as always, thank you for your support.